Okay, guys, we're doing our Old Testament survey. We're in uh, the Exodus. We're trying to wrap that up. We're actually after today. We've probably got two more lessons in Exodus before we hit Leviticus. But I wanted to start out before we look at our lesson. I was, you know, I I listen to you guys and I pay attention. Last week when we were discussing the Ten Commandments, and the rest of the law that was given concerning life that they were supposed to, how they were supposed to live their lives in Canaan when they got there, I was kind of struck by some of your responses when when I was asking questions, and some of them were trying to bring in Christ and the uh, symbolism of Jesus in what was going on there and so forth. And, And that made me want to kind of set up some things for you this morning before we go further into the tabernacle. You know, uh, this used to be a Baptist church, and I can remember 30 years ago when I became a believer, uh, and it was in the Baptist church, at that time there was a lot of discussion about the tabernacle. You'd have ministers, uh, you'd have ministers write about the tabernacle, and they would talk about this part being this and this part being this to what Christ did and everything. And, and and that was okay. That's fine. But the problem is, here's the problem with that. In fact, here recently, uh, a major ladies writer speaker did a series on a Bible study series on the tabernacle. And, you know, she would talk about the gold on the furniture represented this and the wood represented this and all of that. And that's fine. And that's wonderful. The problem is, is the text doesn't say that. The plain meaning is what we need to focus on, the plain meaning of the text. And sometimes when you focus on what some preacher told you or some Bible study told you, you can miss what the scripture is actually trying to communicate to you. Did you understand what I'm saying? Because you're actually putting on, if we want to use glasses, you're kind of putting on a type of glasses that only sees certain things in the text and you miss other things. And so I, I kind of want to just kind of share with you that at, no matter what you're reading, always go with the plain meaning of the text. What did that text mean to the reader? Because that's ultimately, that's really the first principle in what we call hermeneutics, the study of the Bible, is what is the plain meaning? It can't mean anything more than what it meant to the readers at that time. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Now, the New Testament opens it up for us through the person of Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying? The New Testament opens it up through the person of Jesus, but you have to be careful. Do you understand what I'm saying? So today, especially when we go through, we're going to look at the the furniture of the tabernacle, the setup of the tabernacle, and all of that. It's really easy to get focused on something that the text isn't saying and missing the bigger picture. So for instance, you know, I was reading a devotional by a 14th century monk, Thomas Akempis, and he talked about you can walk into the forest and miss the trees because you're focused on the stump. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? And, and that's what can happen when you allow other thoughts outside, you know, even if they're good, to redirect your thought away from what the plain meaning of the text is. So everybody understand? Okay. Everybody understand? So let's talk today. So we're going to go through chapters 25 through 31. We're not going to read through all of this because there's a lot of material there. But we're going to kind of focus on uh, the tabernacle. So you'll notice there we have an image 
of a, uh, it's a painting of a representation of the tabernacle. The tabernacle is actually the entire structure, and it also refers to the middle structure there, which is uh, the tent or the temple, okay? And so we're going to look at it. Chapter 25, it's going to focus on instructions for the tabernacle. So I'm just going to kind of go through this. This is going to be kind of boring a little bit, but uh, I'll help you along. Because there is a greater point that you need to see. And when we have our discussion at the end, when we break up to discuss two questions, it's going to focus on what the greater issue is here, okay? So first of all, we're going to see that the, the people are told to gather materials, okay? So the Lord told the people to bring an offering of the materials needed for the tabernacle, okay? So basically, through Moses, the Lord says, hey, all right, I need you folks to gather these materials, all right, to gather these materials. All right, so by the way, uh, anybody have a clue why they used acacia wood? Anybody know? Why didn't they use maple or cherry or oak? Yeah, they didn't have it there. So there's no spiritual meaning other than that's the, the wood that was available there in the wilderness of Sinai. Do you understand? Some guys will come along and say, well, the acacia wood means... A no, it's the wood that they had there. Did you understand what I'm saying? You built your house with the materials that were there, right? Okay. So like, for instance, like my house, there's a lot of hemlock in my house. Some of your houses, if they're old, there's hemlock. Why, why is there hemlock in them? Because that was what was available and cheap, right? And cheap. All right. So, so the Lord tells the people to bring the materials for the needed for the tabernacle. So the Lord told Moses to build a tabernacle so that he can dwell among his among Israel, his people. All right, so stop. This is the very, very reason why this exists. If you're going to grab anything out of it, grab this point that God's making. What does God want to do? He wants to dwell with who, folks? Yeah, he wants to dwell with his people. Okay? So they're building a place so that God can dwell with his people. That's, that's to me, is far more significant than what does the gold mean or what does... The, you, do you understand what I'm saying? It's, it's The issue is the whole issue of why this structure is being built. Okay. Now later on, we're going to see that when it's built, the people, the 12 tribes, were situated in different places around the tabernacle. Tabernacle in the center... But then the tribes were by tribes in certain points around the tabernacle. So God's in their midst, okay? God is in their midst. Now, here's a, you'll see in your notes there, here's a, demo, a little bit of a diagram of the inner tent or the tabernacle. It's also referred to the tabernacle. It would be the same setup in the temple later on, okay? So you have the most holy place, which is, uh, you'll see that right there, okay? on the right side, and then you have the Holy of Holies. And you'll see the different things that are placed in there, the table of the bread of the presence, the altar of incense, and then the golden lampstand. Of course, there was a veil. And we know about the veil from the Gospels because when Jesus was crucified, what happened to the veil? It was what? Torn from what? Top to bottom, okay? Allowing... Because only one person was allowed to go into the ark, and that was one time a year, and that was who? The high priest, okay? 
And that's where the Ark of the Covenant was with the mercy seat. Okay, where, where you would make atonement for sin. Okay, where God was. So, what we're going to see here then is that God, the Lord gave instructions concerning the furniture of the tabernacle. So he gave specific instructions. In fact, if you read this section, it's almost boring. He, it, he gave details instructions of what these things were to look like, especially the, the lampstand. Okay? So this included the ark and the mercy seat, the table of showbread, and the golden lampstand. Okay? As well, what we're going to see now is, is that the Lord gave instructions concerning the, the construction of the tabernacle, that's the main tent, and the outer wall. The outer walls were made of material, cloth material. Okay? So he gave instructions concerning that. Now, with this instructions of the tabernacle and the outer wall, these instructions included the curtains for the tabernacle, the frame, so like when you have a tent, you got to have a frame, right? Okay, you got to have a, a wooden frame. It's a, the instructions for the frame. The veil that divides the holy place from the most holy. He gave particular instructions about that, about it being a certain thickness and everything. Okay. The screen door for the door of the tabernacle. So there was like a screen door to go into the tent. The altar for the burning of sacrificial things. So the brazen altar. And he gave detailed instructions concerning the courtyard and the utensils uh, that were to be used in the tabernacle. What do you mean utensils? Well, when you have a brazen altar, you've got to what? Have a fire. And when you burn wood, what's left over when you burn wood, folks? Ashes. And when you burn stuff on the fire, what's left up? Ashes. So you've got to have certain tools to what? Get rid of the ashes and stuff. And, and the tongs that you're putting stuff on the fire with. So God, I mean, think about this. God is giving such detailed instructions concerning ultimately what? Worshiping him. So there's like no room for them to try to figure this out. So it's not like you all of a sudden, oh, we got an altar. So what do we use? Well, hey, go get Bill's shovel and let's shovel out the, the ashes. No, no, God's even giving details down to what they're to do with the ashes. Isn't that amazing? Okay, isn't that amazing? Now, the Lord commanded the, that the Israelites bring pure oil from olives. So we're talking extra, extra, extra virgin, right? For the lampstand. So why, why would they use oil for the lampstand? Well, for it to burn. Okay? This was oil that they, they would have in the burning. And so he gave some instructions there concerning the lampstand. All right, so now we're going to get into... All right, so boy, that's some really intricate discussions concerning details about the temple. I mean, excuse me, the tabernacle. He's going to get right down to what the priests are to wear. Okay, so we see that next. Instructions for the priesthood. We see that in chapter 28 and chapter 29. Okay, so first of all, in chapter 28, we see the garments for the priesthood. All right? We see the garments for the priesthood. So the Lord gave detailed instructions concerning the garments of the high priest. And folks, 
what you're going to see there in chapter 28 is everything from the type of turban he wears to to the to a breastplate with with different stones representing the 12 tribes they're there with him down to the garment to a sash i mean every detail of what the high priest was to wear is there in the instructions now we're not going to spend all our time talking about that because you just need to know god is detailing every detail okay God is detailing every detail. And then also instructions were given for the garments that were to be worn by the sons of Aaron. So that's all the other priests. The instructions for what they're to wear. You know, the high priest, there's his garment and how he looks and his elaborateness. And then there's the instructions for what the other priests are to wear. So God was really even interested. In, they couldn't just show up with a hard rock t-shirt on. Did you know, do you know what I'm saying? So they, they had some detailed instructions about what they were to wear. Now, next, what happens then is, is they got to be ready to serve in the temple. So that means they got to be separated to be served in the temple, which means they got to be consecrated. Remember, that's what we said. Consecration is separated, being separated unto God. Okay. So chapter 29 talks about the consecration of the priests. Okay, so the Lord gave instructions for the sacrifices needed for the consecration of the priests. So there was anointing, there was certain animals that had to be killed, and certain things that had to be done and sprinkled with blood, and all of that was to consecrate them to be able to serve in the tabernacle because it was a holy place. Okay, serve in the tabernacle because it's a holy place. Then we come to chapters 30 through 31. And uh, that's where we're going to spend the rest of our time real quickly. And he's going to give more instructions. He's going to get right back to the tabernacle. He's going to give some further instructions concerning what needs to happen in the tabernacle. So, first of all, specific instructions were given concerning the construction of the table of for offering incense. That would be, in if you look at your diagram, that would be inside the tabernacle itself, and that would be right before the veil, there would be a table that would be made for them to offer incense to God. Okay? Offer incense to God. Next, we're going to see that the Lord commanded that a half-shekel offering be collected when a census was taken. Now, we have, sense, we have the census that happens in the U.S. Well, how often does it happen, folks? Every 10 years, okay? And it's for the, our Constitution said it's for the purpose of determining a whole lot of things, but ultimately determining the makeup of the House of Representatives, okay? Israel had census, and they were always at certain times, and remember, I already told you that a lot of their census would be taken to number the number of men who could fight. Well, whenever they had a census, God was commanding at that time anybody over a certain age they would have to make a half-shekel offering to the tabernacle and later to the temple, okay? They would be required to make a half-shekel offering. And this offering would then be used to um, help with the construction, the maintaining of the tabernacle, and the services of the tabernacle, Okay? So here we have, this is what the tabernacle looked like, okay? So this outer rectangle is the outer wall 
tent material. It was open. You, of course, had the door. Then there's the brazen altar, and then there's a basin there. And we're going to talk about that basin in a moment. And, of course, you see, again, the tabernacle. We've already given you that that article there. Okay? Now, the brazen basin was to be constructed and placed between the altar and the tabernacle. So this was a bronze, big, huge bowl. All right? A bronze bowl, and it was to be between the altar, where things would be sacrificed, and the temple. All right? Now, in their service, the priests were required to wash their hands and feet in this basin, or they would die. They couldn't go into the tabernacle unless they washed themselves. They had to clean themselves, ceremonially wash themselves before they could go into the tabernacle, or they would die. Pretty serious, right? Now, let's just stop for a moment, because we've seen a lot of these instructions where God would say, or they would die, or they would die. What we're going to see later as we get into Numbers, Leviticus Numbers, we're going to see that God follows through on those threats with some of them, okay, where he'll kill them for, for not doing exactly what he says. So these are not empty threats here, okay? This is something serious. So you've got to wash yourself. You've got to be clean if you're going to enter into my presence, God is saying, okay? So instructions were given for the making of the unique fragrant oil for use in anointing. So they would anoint with oil. How many have ever been in a church where they've anointed with oil? Okay? Usually somebody uses olive oil or something or whatever. Now, here, what you're going to see is, is that there was an oil. God gave them a recipe of what this oil was, and it was only to be used where, folks? In the tabernacle. They couldn't just use any anointing oil, any kind of oil somebody brought in. It had to be this certain recipe. So God's giving details concerning the certain recipe that they're to use for anointing, and they anointed everything. You'll see the instructions there of what was to be anointed, okay? This oil was to use to anoint the tabernacle, its furnishings, and the priests, okay? So this was used to anoint the tabernacle, its furnishings, and the priests, Instructions were given for an incense that would be used exclusively in the tabernacle. You know, for an incense, burning of incense, you know. You wouldn't find this at Walmart, all right? This was supposed to be a specific incense that was only to be used. Where was it to be used? In the tabernacle itself, where it would be burned before the veil, and what you're going to see later is two of, sons, two of Aaron's sons are killed because they offer, the King James says, strange fire. It's actually strange incense. They offered something other than what they were supposed to. And God what does what? He kills them. He kills them. And we're going to talk about that later when we go in the next few weeks. Okay? The Lord... Here, now, this is this is amazing. So who, how did they build this tabernacle? Did they do like a normal church? Hey, guys, we're going to have a work day. Show up with your hammer and uh, be there, and we're going to get this put together, and we'll figure out who's going to guide us when we get there. Is that how we, That's how we do it in church, right? That is not how they did this. God even tells Moses who are the craftsmen. 
to build this. Isn't that amazing? God says, I put in their minds to be able to do this. These are the people you need to use. So God chose the craftsmen to construct the tabernacle and its furniture. That's amazing, isn't it? God, not just the details of everything that's supposed to be there, God says, you know, I want to dwell among you, but this is what I want for my place, and here are the guys, I want this contractor. You know, that's what a craftsman is, a contractor. I want this guy to do it, okay? I want this guy to do it. Now, and then again, God stresses the one thing that they needed to be listening to all the time, the Sabbath. The Lord stressed that Israel was to keep the Sabbath as a sign of their relationship to them. You know what, folks, we don't operate by that constraint of keeping the Sabbath, but the Sabbath to the Jews is very important because keeping the Sabbath, while we may seem to think that's insignificant and a waste of a day, to them it was a sign, God says it is here, a sign of their relationship to him by keeping that Sabbath. Okay? And then finally, obedience in keeping the Sabbath is required, and those who disobey will be what? Killed. Okay? Killed. 